Hey everybody, welcome to the Good Lion Podcast. Today you're going to hear something a little bit different from us. Brian and I are currently working on another miniseries. Our first series was the Righteousness miniseries, and people liked that one so much that we decided we wanted to do even more series. We've got a couple of them in the works, and one of them is a series on spiritual disciplines. Today, Brian and I decided to have a strategy meeting about that series, and we ended up recording it, and we're releasing that meeting as an episode. In this episode, you're going to hear us talking through our heart behind why we want to do a spiritual discipline series, as well as us discussing with one another about what spiritual discipline even is. I think it makes a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about in the series. We hope you enjoy our discussion. Here's the episode. The spiritual disciplines are normally the thing that are presented to you when you're a kid and you're learning how to be a Christian. Oh, yeah. So when you are in Sunday school or when you get out of Sunday school and you're in a youth group, the thinking is we need to build these habits into you. Read your Bible, pray, Hmm. serve in church, evangelize, do good things, whatever it is they're specifically telling you to do. And... I know for myself and I know for many other students who were in youth group, and I would even say for the most part, through no fault of our teachers, just through human nature, we naturally turned those disciplines into these are what make me okay with God. Yeah. If I, if I do these things, God is happy with me and I'm a good boy. And if (laughs) I don't do these things, God is upset with me and I'm a bad boy like that. Yeah. And we, we talked is, about that. Is that fair of your church experience as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I feel like that reminds me of our conversation on the devoted or devotions yeah. episode. Yeah. My, my experience with the spiritual gifts has... Oh, well, okay. Well, maybe first we should define... When you say spiritual gifts, what do you mean? Or, or not... Wait, not... I'm not talking about not spiritual gifts. gifts disciplines. Yeah. So when you say spiritual disciplines, what do you personally mean? So here is the definition that I've been bouncing around. I'm not totally sure I'm happy with this definition, but here's where my brain is at. Okay. To try to help be more clear on what the spiritual disciplines are. I do not believe the spiritual disciplines are the things you do to make God happy. I would define the spiritual disciplines as the habits and systems you put in place to create the space for deep relationship with God. Hmm. They're not the things you do because without these things, God is mad at you. And that, like we talked about in the devotions episode, that's a shift in mind that's important for everyone to happen. That's a paradigm shift that is important everywhere across the board. But thinking about then if these don't make God happy with me, what, what do they do? Okay. What is their importance? And I believe that their importance is they create the space for deep, meaningful, growing relationship with God. Okay. Okay. And so that's kind of like an overarching definition of spiritual disciplines. Can you Mm -hmm. give me a list you know, when you, when someone says spiritual disciplines, what are the items on the list that come to mind for you? So here's one of the things that is interesting to me about that definition I just threw out there. This That definition 
the the habits and systems you put in place to allow for deep relationship with God, that doesn't have to be limited. Right. There are some major ones, but that can allow the list to go on forever. So a few of the ones that I wrote out are things like silence and solitude, and that would normally center around Bible reading. Uh, Bible reading, I think, is the main one and is one that cannot be put to the side. I think there are some spiritual disciplines where it's not necessary for every Christian to develop that habit right now, but some, I believe, are necessary. And without them, at the very least, you will stunt your growth in Christ. Okay. Okay. So So I think without silence and solitude, number one, um, I think that's, that's a key one. Okay. Kind of mixed into that would be prayer. Cool. Meaningful times in prayer, how your prayer habits affect your day. Mm -hmm. It, It can be a lot of different things. Okay. Fasting is one of them. Right. Every list of spiritual disciplines I've ever seen has included fasting, which is amazing to me because no one talks about fasting. Yeah, that's very true. No one that I know of, at least. If I'm just missing the conversation, let me know. But it only came up when I was growing up. Evan Wickham, my youth pastor, was reading a book about a guy named Brother Yoon, and it inspired him to fast once a week. And I thought that was cool, and I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But then when I got married, I think my second year or first year of marriage, my wife and I tried fasting once a week in the spirit of me remembering, oh, yeah, my youth pastor used to do that. We should try it. And we did it for a while, and it was cool. Haven't really been very disciplined in keeping that going in my life, if I'm honest. I like food. And, but I did fast for a week before I felt like God told me to come out here to Oklahoma. So Mm -hmm. there has been some recent fasting. And to be honest, I could use some more fasting just for the sake of not being fat and being more spiritual. (laughs) For me personally, fasting is something that I have felt pulled towards for the last five to seven years. Have you done it? Only once. You've, you've been feeling pulled, but you haven't, man. I know. That's the thing. Every time fasting has come up in conversation, which I admit is not often, but when it does come up, there's this little thing in my head that says, that's a habit you should at least consider. And I've had it in, you know, the things that you're planning on changing, but you don't actually change. You know, that category in your brain, right? That's where fasting has been for me for the last half decade (laughs) of, yeah, I think I should probably like do something with that. So Hmm. right now I'm currently doing a restrictive diet, not doing a complete fast. And I'm, I'm viewing this as an intro to fasting, but I do want to get to the point where, look, I don't know if it's going to be once a week. I don't know if it's going to be once a month, once a season, once a year. I really don't know. All right. How about but this? I feel, yeah. How about this? I, I, will, I will buck against my natural tendency to not have structure, and we can be fasting buddies, and we'll do it once a week for like a set amount of time, and then we'll report back Ooh. and see if there's been any difference in our lives from it. I like that idea. We can talk with our wives about what day yeah. of the week works best. We don't have to decide it right here on the podcast, but definitely could be cool. How do we do a over the mic pinky promise? 
My pinky is out. I can see you on the webcam. I'm just going to touch. I'm literally bringing my <laughs> pinky up to the monitor. There we go. Excellent. All right. Okay. It is, it is done. All right. We did it. The most spiritual okay. of the promises. There. God honors it. Okay. So that's so fasting. We can fasting, dive deeper into that. Uh, silence and, and solitude, and all, prayer, yeah. fasting. What else? Simplicity and slowing. These are simplicity is a pretty widely used term on different spiritual disciplines lists. Slowing is a term that I specifically got from the most recent John Mark Comer book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't very, feel like, very good book. I don't feel like the Apostle Paul practiced the spiritual gift of simplicity. In what sense? In the sense that Peter is like in one of his epistles, Paul's really confusing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like Romans is pretty complex, you know? That's one of my favorite Bible verses. Oh yeah, it's great. It's a nice moment of God telling us, and if you don't fully get it, I understand. It it's going to take a minute. But then don't you rush feel this. But then you also feel kind of bad because in so many sermons, pastors are like, "Yeah, Peter was the dumb one." <laughs> so so when you read that verse, you're like, oh, no, I, I want to be a Paul, but I'm a Peter. And <laughs> Peter's just looking at scripture thinking, I don't know, guys, uh, this is a tough one. I don't know why that's his voice, but that was the dumbest voice I could conjure in the moment. I'm just a fisherman. But if that was his voice, <laughs> if that was his voice, like... Imagine rereading Acts with that voice, like, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of the Jesus, stand up and walk. <laughs> this voice is just getting progressively worse and worse. <laughs> it is. We can leave it in the past. So Possibly edit this out? No, Possibly. keep that in. Keep it in. Don't okay. you dare edit that All right. out. All right. So thinking about simplicity, it's not necessarily talking about simplicity of ideas or simplicity in communication. It's talking about simplicity in your lifestyle. Is it more of like a Marie Kondo uh, minimalism kind of thing? Kind of. It's more along those lines. I know uh, John Mark Comer, he's got that whole like, I only wear five outfits kind of thing. Is that a, that's, is that yeah, a spiritual Yeah, that's something discipline? he brings up. In this particular chapter, I think the... The spiritual discipline of a limited wardrobe. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's just biblical. When it comes to implementing simplicity, it can be really helpful in our modern culture because the default position of most people, and I include myself in this, is the more I consume, the happier I will be. And so many people talk about how at night they're just sitting on their phones, either scrolling through Instagram, trying to figure out what vacation they should go on or what they should look like or finding outfits that they care about or places that they want to be. Hmm. A lot of people do late night online shopping and the gears oh, yeah. are just always turning right. in our minds that. We should have something else. Yeah. We yeah, should a have lack an extra of, uh, thing. A lack of contentment. Exactly. Okay. So here's a, 
Here's a practical example of that. So yesterday I posted on Good Lions Instagram about how it was our one year anniversary of starting, of launching it. And mm-hmm. I was expecting, because I, I worked on the Instagram story for like two and a half or three hours. It was like some, some ridiculous amount of time for an Instagram story, but I had to get all the details just right. And I was expecting a lot more likes and reactions and people sending messages. And turns out, you know, people have more going on in their lives than just reading my Instagram story. But I was just sitting there and I kept, I, I kept going back to my phone. I kept checking it like every five, 10 minutes. I was like, maybe, maybe somebody noticed. And uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. I get that. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever get into those pitfalls, like kind of those loops of seeking affirmation from social media instead of God. <laughs> I can. I will let sure. you in on a moment of personal weakness. Every Wednesday, my wife and I lead a home group that you've actually been to once. I have. At least for the introduction. It was great. I sat yeah, it was in a super circle. Fun. Yeah, you did. So we have a bunch of students come over every Wednesday night and we go through some scripture together. It's very conversational. It's some of the most fun ministry that we do to help remind students that this home group is happening. Like, hey, today is Wednesday. To right. remind everybody of that, I send out an email Normally every Wednesday afternoon, sometimes I get it done in the morning. Sometimes I'm like really ahead of the game and I get it out the week before. Right. But in that email, I normally try to throw a couple jokes in there. I try to not just make it a, hey, everyone, home group, bye. Like I if try to if there's throw one in a thing little millennials, more If there's one thing Generation Z loves, it's joke emails. Exactly. So... Oh, yeah. Every Wednesday, I send out one of those, and I never, ever get a response from anyone. And I'm used to it, but I'm also not. And (laughs) it's like slightly hurts. (laughs) It still hurts every week, just a little. Like, not enough that I would bring it up to the group, just enough that I would record it in a podcast and put it on the internet, hoping that they'll all go see this somehow or listen and, to it. They won't see it. but And be so guilt-ridden that from now on, they respond to all of your emails with just ha, 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 or LOL or something. Exactly. See, your problem, Brian, is that generation doesn't read emails. So what you need to do is start a meme account and just create really clever memes that also give mm. them information about your home group. And then you're solid. My world has changed. <laughs> The funny thing is I can totally see you now going and doing that. I might actually. I think that's a really good idea. Hey, there you go. Just uh, give me a cut of 10% of the likes. Oh my gosh. That was such an old person joke. I'll pass the likes along. I just okay boomered myself. Let's. (laughs) Good for you. Do you want to get out of this before we hurt ourselves? Yes. Um, Okay. Okay. Silence and solitude, prayer, fasting, simplicity. Is contentment on that list? Or is that just a part of simplicity? I think contentment is the outcome of simplicity. Ooh, I like that. That I don't think that you can just make yourself content. Right. But you can force yourself into simplicity. And in doing so, you find contentment. And maybe through simplicity, silence and solitude, prayer, 
fasting, all these things, contentment, man, it's almost as if contentment is like a natural outcome of the spiritual disciplines. And that's even one of the things that John Mark Comer brings up in the book that I've been reading and now going over with the small discipleship group. Mm. He talks about so many of us want the life of Jesus. And what he means by that is we want what we believe Jesus promises. We believe that he promises peace and love and security and the ability to be merciful and patient and loving. We well, believe these are all the things that we should have. And I'll, I'll even go a step I'll, I'll even go a step further. And mm-hmm. many people like us in ministry, when we say we want the life of Jesus, we want all of those things, but we also want a massively successful ministry that draws large crowds of people to what we're doing. Yes, I agree with that as well. So we have all of these things that we believe life with Jesus should get us, but we also believe we're going to get them magically and we're going to get them instantly. Mm. Whereas what he argues is if you want the life of Jesus, you need to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Right. So Jesus lived all these things out. Jesus often spent time in silence and solitude. He talks about how often Jesus was in the wilderness and his relationship with the wilderness is a very interesting thing to see throughout the gospels. Jesus, we know Mm -hmm. fasted. Jesus, we know lived a simple lifestyle. He said the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He was not worried about physical possessions and things along those lines. He lived out a particular kind of lifestyle and the life of Jesus in part is living that lifestyle with Jesus. Yeah. So as we learn to Mm. do these things, that's where we'll find the peace, the joy, the contentment, the love, the ability to be the things that God calls us to be. All of those things are available to us. They're just sitting on the other side of this lifestyle. And for too many people, they partake in the spiritual disciplines or maybe I'll I'll put it like this. I can think of plenty of moments either in my own life or in the life of uh, people that I've counseled or discipled or helped along in their spiritual walk in any way where they come to me and they say, I don't pray enough. I need to pray more because I want to be the kind of person who prays. And they look up these examples of these incredible saints of old who could pray for hours on end. And they saw just this peace radiating in their life, even through their biographies and what was written about them and all things like that. They look at that and say, that's who I want to be. That's been and so they come for, to for me. me for for me that's been a huge source of shame and guilt in my Christian life is looking at people that came before me especially people yeah. from the 1800s 1600s and thinking oh my gosh I can't get up at 5 in the morning and pray. <laughs> so I'm going to relieve you with another stat from that book. Yes. Back in the days when most people were waking up at 5 to go pray. Right. Do you know how many hours a night they were sleeping? I think because I've, I've heard John, John Mark talk about this in a sermon. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it they were sleeping for 13 hours or 14 hours or something like that? They're going to bed way earlier, right when the sun goes down. And If I remember right, his average was 11. Okay. Still a lot. But still a, a massive increase over what our society averages. Yeah, I average about six a night. So 11 sounds amazing. Yeah, you would almost double your sleep. Dang. 
Yeah. So that's what these people were living. And, and part of it is if you live in a time without electricity, when the sun goes down, your whole world becomes a nightmare. Like that's the world where all the monster stories came from. They were just like, there's gotta be stuff out there that wants to destroy us. Yeah, right. Exactly. So they were like, I'll just go to sleep instead of deal with the nightmare the world has become. And then they wait for it to be sunny again. There you go. That's a great life philosophy. That's how I think about the olden days. What were we, what were we talking about before? Talking about the adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay. So we talk about people who pray a ton. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about those people. People look at, I want to be one of those people. I want to have their kind of life. And then they pray for a week and they don't feel different. Mm. So they think prayer failed them. You know that, okay, that is actually really astute because in my experience in church and even as a youth pastor, I feel a lot of times when it comes to these kind of things, it's like, we need to talk more about prayer. Let's do a sermon series about prayer. And so you're, mm-hmm. you're hyper-focusing on it for, you know, a month. And then you move on to something else. And I feel like I've been through, as a Christian, in my younger years, many programs like that, where it's like, oh, we're going to try fasting for a second. And, and then you do mm-hmm. it for a program, and then you're done and you move on. But a lot of times these disciplines don't become a regular rhythm of your life. It's something you try out because everyone in your home group is doing it with you for a few weeks and then you move on. And that's why people think the spiritual disciplines let them down Hmm. because these are not the things that will change you instantly. They are the things that will change your lifestyle that put you on the path to becoming more and more like Christ. Hmm. These are not one and done things. I I was talking with somebody within the last two weeks and they were saying, I try to read my Bible, but I don't feel different afterwards. And part of it is, and I think we talked about this even in the devotions versus devoted episode. There's probably going to be a fair amount of overlap there, but we've become so used to the thinking that, I read my Bible until I, quote, get something out of it. Or I do these practices until I get something out of it. And everything becomes about immediate personal application. And there's something to be said for reading the Bible with the lens of how can I live differently because of it? I'm not trying to undermine that at all. But I think there's something far deeper going on and something... Mm-hmm. far more impactful that's under all of that. And what's under all that is set these things up as the normal rhythm of your life and they will slowly but steadily get you to the life that Jesus promises. That's where the love, the peace, the mercy, the joy, all of these things are on the other side of a lifestyle that lets these disciplines become normal rhythm. Okay, so let me... Let me kind of put myself in the mind frame of, uh, let's say, let's say a youth group student. That's a mindset Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable to kind of jump into because I feel like as a former youth pastor, I I know how they're thinking when it comes to these kind of issues. And so let's just say I'm, you know, a high school boy 
and I'm looking at this list of, is this pretty much a pretty complete list here? Silence and solitude, prayer, fasting, simplicity, scripture reading. Was there any other things to throw on that list? I would add confession, confession. as part of that list. That I think can be part of prayer. That confession. confession could, I believe, talk to your personal confession before the Lord. That's okay. just a healthy rhythm to get into. It could talk right. about what we normally think of in accountability of you have a person that you can go to and talk okay. through okay. Uh, the different things that you're facing. All right. Um, that makes sense. Evangelism, so can, I evangelism. think, would be another one because that puts you in line with the mission of God, the, everything that we were talking about in our last two evangelism episodes. Right. Uh, hopefully that rings true as we're discussing it as a discipline. Right. Those would be the major ones. But again, I don't know if an exhaustive list even could be written. Okay. No, that's, that's a good place to start. Okay. So let me back that up. Let's say I'm a high school boy Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old, and I'm looking at this list, silence and solitude, prayer, fasting, simplicity, scripture, confession, evangelism. The place where my mind goes as a young person is, that's a lot of stuff that I have to do. And then my mindset goes to, I'm good at like one of those things or two of those things, but there's a lot of things on this list I'm not good at. Then I start looking around the room that people I know are better than me at these mm-hmm. things. And I start to think, oh, they are better Christians than me. And I will never, ever probably be as good as them at these things, which means I will never be as good a Christian as other people. And, and then I start to just spiral and despair and just be bummed out because in my mind, there's this burden put on me, kind of this boulder of the stuff that I have to do in order to achieve peak Christian dumb. And also, if I'm mm-hmm. a you know teenage boy, I'm thinking about Star Wars and how in Star Wars you've got the Padawans and then the Jedi Knights and the Jedi Masters. And it's this idea of, man, I'm always going to be a Padawan. I'm never going to be a Jedi Master because I, I can't be good at all of these things at the same time. And also complete my algebra homework. (laughs) That last part about Star Wars sounds very specific to your high school experience. But I also think that the analogy works. And I'm glad you brought it up. Do you know what my favorite verse in the Bible is? I feel like I should at this point, but I don't. Should you? I have no idea what yours is. So don't feel at all bad. Okay. So we haven't reached this level of BFF yet. We're on our way. Great. After we fast together, we'll be there probably. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what we'll, every week when we fast, we'll text each other favorite oh. verses of ours and then we'll know. There we go. The one verse that I think personally has done more for me in helping guide my thinking about my life is Psalm 90 verse 12, mm. which says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So mm. thinking about numbering our days If we're just going to use statistics and we're going to assume that this 15-year-old boy you're talking about is an American youth student that we would have been leading, the average lifespan of an American is 78, almost 79 years old. So one of the things is that (laughs) no one knows that. I thought thought you would have this analogy loaded. Well, okay. I'm just all the way to work out the number of our days. 
78 right. years is I'm, how I'm Googling. many. I'm Googling. 78 years <sighs> is how many days? 28,470. That's actually less than I thought it would be. I but know, yeah, right? 28,470 days. So then, if you're thinking about how long a lifespan is, you have a lot of time right. to work through these disciplines. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Again, going back to the idea, I do it for a week. I still feel like a Padawan. Yeah, everybody's wait, wait. a Padawan after a week. Hold up one second. Yeah. I just subtracted 31 years from 78. I've only got 17,155 days left, Brian. Well, then you better this get is, on it, man. This is becoming I, depressing. Genuinely, I do think about... So I started... I took my first ministry job when I was 20 years old. Right. And I think looking out and seeing... Most pastors don't tend to retire at 65, which I think is the normal retirement age. So I thought even if I like bumped that up a little bit, if I bump that up to 70, mm -hmm. that means I have a 50 year ministry career if all breaks right and I don't die and I keep from disqualifying myself and all stuff like that. Right. I'm already eight years in, mm. which means in, in 2022, one fifth of my entire potential ministry career will be behind me. Wow. Crazy. So I try to think about that because it, it's important to remember life can pass us by without us knowing. And that if we, like that Psalm says, if our days are, are numbered, which isn't meant to be a dark, like gothic lyric of right. your days are numbered or something like that. Your um, days are numbered. You see, the beautiful thing about this podcast is I can just throw those things out to you and you're going to do them way better. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad that I'm glad we have this. So when we think about lifespan, these are things that will be developed over a lifespan. And that's one of the things that's important about teaching these spiritual disciplines. If we teach them as do these things and God will love you, then it becomes about how good am I at them right now? Hmm. Whereas... Yeah. I'm someone who has been actively following God for about 15 years. Right. And some of these habits I feel I've really grown in and I've learned the, the value of more and more. And some of them I'm still learning. And yeah, that's, that's part of what following Jesus is all about. So it's so the, not so about goal, here are the, the habits, is, make sure you do them right. Right. It's more than that. And the, so the goal is not to listen to this podcast series we're making, become aware of the gifts and go by this time next year, I will have all of these mastered because I know that's how some people are wired. You mm -hmm. know, you, you learn about some new thing, a, a new diet, uh, a new fad way of organizing your home. And you think I have to get on top of this. Like I have to fit in everyone's doing this. I have to become a master at this. And so you're saying that's not the way the spiritual disciplines work. It's a slow cook, slow burn. It's not a microwave. It's a crock pot, right? That kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things I think that's really important to remember is God does not often bring about quick change in anyone's life. Mm. One of the verses I'm really hanging on to is in Exodus 23 and that is pretty deeply entrenched in the law part 
of scripture mm. where yeah. most of that chapter and the chapters preceding it are specific laws about Sabbath and festivals. And if your neighbor has an ox and you're mean to it, here's what you need to do. Like all this different type stuff. The, the verse literally before the passage that I jump into is do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. So that's oh, kind of that's the, the best tasting goat. You can't do it, buddy. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that that gives you a pretty full tenor of what's going on in these chapters. That's right. that's where we're at in this portion okay. of scripture. Then there's a really hard cut into God telling the people, I'm going to send an angel before you. I'm going to help you conquer this land. My promises are going to be fulfilled to you really encouraging stuff about you won't be the ones to have to drive out the enemy nations. I will be the one going before you. I will guide you along the way. I will, it says even in verse 25 of that chapter, worship the Lord, your God, and I will take away sickness from among you. Uh, I will give you a full lifespan, all these different things. Hmm. Then he jumps into, he, he reiterates in verses 27 and 28, I'm going to, Drive your enemies out from before you. I'm going to be the one to do this. But then in verse 29, he says, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Mm. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. So right there, if I'm understanding it correctly... That verse is showing that even God himself sometimes doesn't do things immediately, but he does things in small increments, right? Exactly. And he's telling the people, I could wipe everybody out from that land today. I right. could give the whole thing to you tomorrow. But he specifically says, you're not ready to handle it yet. Mm. And so I think there's a principle here in this verse that little by little growth is the standard way that God changes people mm. so that you don't just learn a new thing with your mind, but you have time to embrace it with your heart and embody it with your actions. Wow. That's a kind of transformation that can only happen slowly and can only happen little by little. That's great. <laughs> That's super encouraging for me because I know in my own life, I want things instantaneously so much. Like I just, I just, I just want to be skinny. I don't want to work <laughs> out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just, I don't, have you ever talked with your wife, Tori, about your genie wishes that you would have if you had a genie? Ooh, I don't think we've actually done. I've always just been the guy that says the first wish is infinite wishes. But if you take that out of the game, mm. I, I don't know what my three are. Well, here's one of my three. We're going to do that tonight. I can tell you that much. Be ready go. for it on the next episode. I want to. I want to know what your. What are your three genie wishes? Here is one of mine. I would want to become in perfect shape, but not have it happen overnight because people would be like, "What the heck? You were fat yesterday, and now you're not." I would want over <laughs> the course of one year to just get better looking every day until at the very end of the year I had reached the kind of the peak goal. But I guess if I had a genie, I could just wish to be perfect and then also wish that everybody didn't notice the change and just had always seen me as 
that just everyone was cool with it. And yeah, they that'd be, said, that'd yeah, be the easiest way. Make me perfect. Make everyone cool with it. Bam. Done. Would that count as two wishes? No. That's, okay. a, that's a part of the wish, you know? Gotcha. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Good Lion Podcast. Man, Brian and I were surprised that we got 35 solid minutes of good discussion from that strategy meeting. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope it blessed you. We hope it helped you to start thinking through spiritual disciplines, what those look like, what those mean for your life. And I know that we are excited to dive further into this topic. We're excited to peel back the layers and start really looking into what are spiritual disciplines and how can we live them out in our life. I know we're excited and we hope you guys are too. If you like our show, listen, please take a minute to give us a review on iTunes. It seriously helps so much. The more reviews we get, the more people will find us. And so if you want to help the show, please just go on iTunes and leave a quick review. We also love questions from listeners and we love to do episodes focused on questions. So if you have a question and you want us to talk about on the show, send it to our email address, which is goodlionnetwork at gmail.com. Send us a question. We'd love to talk about it on the show. The Good Lion Podcast is a production of the Calvary Global Network, and it's produced by myself, Aaron Salvato, and my co-host, Brian Higgins. Our show is a part of the Good Lion Podcast Network, a network of Christian podcasters that Brian and I started with our friends. Check out our website, goodlion.io, where you can find a ton of other Christ-centered, encouraging, and equipping podcasts. Our goal with this ministry is to reach people all over the world with Christ-centered content that helps them as they walk closer with Jesus. If you like what we do and you want to support us, go to goodlion.io support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.